0: On today's episode, we'll be talking about Season 2, Episode 1 of His Dark Materials, The City of Magpies. Be forewarned if you haven't seen the episode and you're interested in the show at all, I'd suggest pausing the podcast and coming back to it after you've watched it. Now, we can continue with spoilers for the first episode. I can already tell this is going to be a tough one to talk about because there's just so much info dump in this episode about magic and kind of the first season as a whole was just a setup of this world and now we have three worlds that we're talking about and you got the earth which was the most boring of the three you have lyra's world and lyra is the main character played by daphne keen she's the prophesied child and she is from logan and she did a phenomenal job in Logan, and she's part of the Marvel Universe, just like James McAvoy, who plays her uncle slash, I think, dad, uh, Lord Asriel.
1: But, yeah, I, and okay, go ahead. There's some stuff on him, but, but you're basically saying that his dark materials felt very expanded, right? Like it expanded this season?
0: Yeah. We had seen all the worlds beforehand, but only one of them in the dust and the other two the earth was barely even talked about and it was by far the most boring storyline of last season yeah
1: and I know that with this season that they want to introduce a lot of new characters and the books in and of themselves are world building in fact one there, of weren't,
0: the... there weren't a lot of new characters in this episode well I
1: know throughout the season there will be Um, for the executive producer Jane Tranter she said in season one we had a witch in season two we had witches and we have angels and yeah, there one...
0: are a lot of witches and witches are pretty cool because they're overpowered like they're able to move sometimes faster than the speed of light are they evil no they're not evil they have their own politics and they're trying to help lyra since she is the prophesized child and apparently they're one of the only communities that actually know what the prophecy says and so ruth wilson's character mrs coulter who is the villain of the series who works for the magisterium and also walks her own fine line of who she's actually loyal to She's chasing after Lyra as well, and she's trying to find out what the prophecy means. There's just a lot of, like, stuff going on that you have to sort of have watched the first season to understand. But when it comes down to this episode, you're kind of just watching the two main characters, Lyra and Will Perry, get to know each other. Because they're now stuck in this other universe which I'm not sure what it's called, but it's the City of Magpies. It's like this castle in the middle of this sand island that's in the sky. Um, And they got there through like this portal, which is also called a window, a schism, that they both walk through at the end of the first season. And so they're kind of alone on this lonely planet thing. And uh, they do meet some other people there, but they're kind of Lord of the Flies kids since there's these specters that are chasing down all the adults and it's kind of a familiar concept in all the worlds that the adults are getting chased down by something
1: yeah you mentioned ruth wilson i guess I want to say she's from suburban shootout and luther but you also mentioned Will
0: well, no I mean, ruth wilson is from yeah uh, she, she, yeah i i
1: was just kind of that's naming where things from. That she from
0: recently <laughs> yeah. but um what do you think of will perry Will Perry's character in the first season was probably my least favorite character along with his mom in this season. He's really cool. I think that their interactions make this show better uh, between Daphne Keen and uh, Amir Wilson. Like that was the most interesting part. No doubt. They had these interactions like Thor did in the second movie where it wasn't a great movie, but him entering earth and trying to understand their customs was the funniest part. Mm -hmm. And there were just a long list of times where lyra was learning what an omelet was and she was literally poking it and being like what is this and it was it was pretty funny but yeah go ahead. i
1: guess i want to kind of give some um background so this is based off of a trilogy of books That's has kind of two names his dark materials trilogy and the trilogy of dust by philip pullman and this show has tried very hard to stay uh true to that vision that pullman had um even, even in fact season two Coleman tweeted out that the show's like story won't be altered at all. Um, the three books that were in were Northern Lights, better known as The Golden Compass, The Subtle Knife, and The Amber Spyglass. And season two has been able to basically get most of The Subtle Knife done um did you do, see do you
0: know if the golden compass the movie actually accomplished the full story
1: well that i was gonna get into that in a sec but we can get into that now so the golden compass film in 2007 i'm gonna kind of talk about some stuff some of the controversy that surrounded it and you can say what kind of was different about the tv show it got mediocre reviews um 6.1 on imdb 42 percent. the uh visual effects were lauded by critics But a lot of... Like uh, it was really good? Yeah, they really liked the universal acclaim for the visual effects.
0: They're pretty good in the show here. Um, They do have some Game of Thrones moments where it's like the dragons can sometimes be amazing and the dragons are sometimes awful. Uh, This, they do film some dark scenes where you can't really tell on like a computer monitor whether or not they actually come across very well. But you have a lot of witches flying. You have the aeronauts with Lin-Manuel Miranda. You have the familiars or demons as they call them, which is the animal soul, which they all talk. So I assume there's a big budget behind this thing.
1: Yeah, there is. It has a lot of executive producers. But probably as much as the movie. And yeah, and produced by Bad Wolf, which uh, I was kind of talking about a couple episodes ago on this show. But the FOMO omitted parts of the book where Pullman was critical of religion. He's very outspoken in those parts, more specifically the Catholic Church. The Guardian referred to Pullman's commentary um, on it as like general disenchantment with all dogmatic
0: belief systems. Well, they don't they don't shy away from that here. The magisterium is this religious order. In the first season, they destroy the scholarly like... Oxford place and they also are trying to keep denying that these other worlds exist like even when this schism opens and they can see the other world and they're talking about it in the first few scenes the the cardinal guy who's in charge is like blasphemy and it's like no we can see it man and then later on the cardinal gets stabbed by one of the witches who again is using their phenomenal power to just run in there and murder a bunch of people I don't know why they all don't just kill all the cardinals to be or all the magisterium in one swoop. Like that would solve the problem pretty quickly. Um, but he ends up dying. I think he will die because Ruth Wilson's character has made an arrangement with one of the lower cardinal people to, to that he'll become the high cardinal. Yeah. And the film, I, w- I want to say cardinals are, are specifically Catholic. So yeah. it, the magisterium is very loosely related to what we Considered to be religion. Yeah.
1: Would you say that this is kind of like a kid's
0: story? Or would you? It's say- a kid's story with adult themes behind it. Like the murder part. Ruth Wilson is, is spending half her episode just torturing a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, the way she tortures them is not like pulling out fingernails. But she's pulling out these little twigs from her back. And the twigs represent her, where she gets her magic from. It's part of this giant leaf setup that she has. And so there's some violence there. There's not really that much sex. There's not much uh, anything else that's too graphic. <laughs> you sound like
1: a common sense media. But I know that IndieWire reported that a lot of the viewership for this series um, kind of was parents and uh, their kids watching it. Like uh-huh. that was a huge majority of where they were gaining the viewership from. And that's kind of where the film struggled because it was supposed to be for kids but a lot of people were mad that it kind of watered down some of the violence, and again, with the whole entire religion aspect. So annoyed secular groups, so much so that Chris Waits, the director, uh, had to, like, want to change things in pre-production, or, po- sorry, post-production, but it was so late that it just ended up being a terrible experience, he said, and it ended up annoying just everyone. <laughs> and a lot of people say that it was too complicated, the film. It was also a box office flop. It got uh, $372.2 million, but but it was 180 million and you have to take into account the advertising and everything which definitely caused a deficit
0: the poster had lyra riding the polar bear which she sort of does in the first season here but one of the things that I found interesting was that Daphne Keene's name wasn't alone in the title sequence this time. In the first season, she was head billing, But in this one, Will, uh, Amir Wilson is also sharing that heading. So I feel like they're going to share the spotlight here. They're going to both be very important to the prophecy. And so that didn't seem to be the thing in the movie. Like I, in the poster for the movie, it's just her. I don't see Will anywhere. So I'm curious if he even had a part there. But let's talk about this episode specifically. She doesn't use that golden compass too much throughout the entire episode. It's called the alethiometer. And without it, she's sort of lost. But she's afraid to use it again because last time it didn't warn her about Roger, whose demon got separated from him at the end of the season, and she feels it was responsible for it. But it does tell her the truth every time she asks for something. And the uh, magisterium is very much intent on learning how to use the compass because it takes them, like, 10 years to read what she can read in like one minute.
1: Do, do they explain how she's skilled? Is it just because she has she's, the compass? She's special. Or? Yeah, she okay.
0: she has some other name because what Mrs. Coulter is able to get from the witch that she's torturing is that she's known by another name and that's supposed to be like Tom. But then we also learn that Will is going to be very important. But Will at the very end of the episode is almost eaten by a Dementor. So I say Dementor because a lot of these uh, F- philip pullman's characters or his things that he creates the magic seems like it was borrowed from other magical type of stories yeah. like the dementor things in this world are called specters and what they do is once you've reached the age of an adult like in myra's world you get your demon like becomes uh, one creature right now her demon can change into any creature but um in this world the specters come out and they like zombify you they suck out your soul and then you're just walking around kind of as a husk and we only see one person in this zombie state but it's pretty like he's not coming back from that yeah um so will is at the age where like any time now the specter could come and grab him Um, And so that's what's happening at the end of the episode. This black swirling mist is surrounding him. And you're like, oh, no, is he going to get eaten? And I'm assuming that the cat that has been helping him get to this world and stuff, which I don't think talks right now, but may eventually be his demon, uh, that that will save him. And so I just I- wanted to ask, uh, did
1: you see Lord Azrael Balakakoy?
0: No, 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 no. So James is not in this episode. He leaves at the end of last season on the mountain. He jumps through the portal, and he goes somewhere else. I assume to Earth. Um... And then Lyra tries to follow him, but ends up in the sandcastle. Place. Right, and
1: the reason why you didn't see James McAvoy is because he's not going to be in the season. Okay. Apparently, the uh, there was supposed to be a Centric episode for him. Oh. Um, I should probably mention beforehand, they filmed this, like, right before season one aired. Like, for example, Lin-Manuel Miranda finished his scenes uh late september 2019 and the rest of the cast was done
0: by mid-december Lin- lin-manuel miranda is such a strange like his he plays lee which i always i'm just gonna call him lynn okay. so lynn he's always like in his aeronautic balloon and that's 10 times out of 11 times that's the way we see him is just flying through the air so i assume he was just in front of a green screen for a majority of his <laughs> scenes by himself because then they put in his rabbit um, which is his familiar demon thing.
1: Well, yeah, I'll, I'll get to him in a sec because you say that he was in Los lot of scenes by himself, but I have some um, conflicting information with that. But to finish up with the James McAvoy thing, he was supposed to have a centric episode, kind of like, where has he been and what has he been doing that was supposed to answer a lot of questions that'd be given in season two. Um, but in the end, it was shot during COVID, so they weren't actually able to have that episode. So I believe that they're only going to have seven episodes to the originally intended eight. They,
0: they could have done a Zoom episode for him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
1: that would have been something... Uh, Interesting. I wanted to ask, did we meet... They could fix it in post. (laughs) Was there a character named John Perry at all? Will Perry. Okay. Okay. So John John
0: Perry is, I think, Will Perry's um, son. In the first season, the mom's character, Will's mom, is being harassed by these, I think, people from the magisterium who are trying to either kill her or intimidate her enough where she doesn't talk about the father. But Mm -hmm. I think the father's still alive as well and that eventually Will will find him. It's kind of like a series of unfortunate events in that way, where they feel like Lyra and Will are orphans of so- sorts, but they're not, yeah. or at least single children, like the p- parents of single, uh, however,
1: yeah. I won't be. give away who the uh, father is, but I guess want to say we that... We saw him in an interview in last fo- season. Yeah, he was apparently in some photographs in season one, but you never actually he introduced had like a him YouTube until this video. season. They'll have a bigger part this season, but I want to talk about the viewership for a second. Uh, UK has a lot more viewership than the US for this show. It's aired on BBC One in the UK, and for its series premiere, it had almost 10 million viewers. That's a lot, yeah. For um, HBO in the U.S., it almost had half
0: a million. I wonder how that compares to, like, Doctor Who.
1: Well, Doctor Who has a bigger fan base in the U.S. than his Dark Materials. But speaking of which, um, I was kind of talking about the movie earlier. When fans uh, heard about a show, they were cautious because of what happened with the Golden Compass. But were also very ex- excited. And a lot of people say that the show is better than the movie. Um, They say that it's The executed. show's better than
0: the movie, but the show isn't perfect by any means. There were moments like when the show had an episode where Lyra was stuck, um, and she almost had her demon uh, separated. That were like almost movie esque. It was it was great. They introduced the witches. A lot got done. It was powerful, and the fact that there was a lot of action seemed in was, and it was seamlessly like intertwined with the plot development. But a lot of the info dumps that we get in the episodes can come across pretty boring. In this episode, again, it highlighted really well when they were in the cool-looking castle and they were kind of getting to know one another because you got to have the comedy of how the worlds were completely different from one another. Like, your world is like my world, but with the words mixed up. And so one didn't have electricity or showers in Lyra's world while he was mystified by the fact that animals could talk like we would be. At one point, he flipped, flipped out his smartphone and they... Uh, I. Like on purpose made it have like a back cover so you couldn't tell what type of smartphone it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But like you would think that Lyra would be really entertained by that. But at the same time, Lyra has the uh, alethiometer, which also answers questions like Google would. So it's it's just funny.
1: And I know that um, the show has actually kind of for this season gone some criticism for having a lot of expo dumps. Um, they also say that it slowed down, which I think was something that the writers wanted to work on because I know that in season one, uh, it got criticism for being too
0: fast paced. Do you agree with that? Um yeah so they did jump around the story a lot but when they did the info dumps like at the very beginning of the first episode which i liked the first episode but it did have like a star wars type scene we're talking it was like, about season one the right? story yeah the story starts in another world one that is both like and unlike our own human souls take the form of an animal known as demons and their relationship is sacred like stuff like that i can handle but it's when they're having arguments in the magisterium about where mrs coulter's like allegiance lies and they constantly question her whether or not she's going to be good for them it's like we get it she's going to be a villain she kind of works for them and kind of doesn't i think something horrible happened to that character that we're going to get an, a, a singular episode on probably in the future like a centric episode yeah yeah like you, what you were saying where they were going to do with mcavoy but the thing about her character is that she's able to separate from her demon further than anyone else's So that's really a curious factor as to why she's able to do that. Because she considers, and so does the Magisterium, the dust and the magic part of it, all to be sacrilegious and bad. And as Lyra said, if they think it's bad, if the bad guys think it's bad, then maybe it's good. So the show has a lot of layers is what you're saying. Yeah, but it's a question of whether or not the layers are just filler for the prophecy. Because in the end, if we just find out that Lyra is going to save the day and everything's going to go back to normal and the specters are going to go away and the magisterium is going to go away and the earth will be saved from whatever it's dealing with through these explorers and stuff then it will mean that all this other info stuff doesn't really matter too much
1: yeah and i know that right now they're kind of trying to i was trying to see if this was only going to be three seasons just like the book it uh, was three uh, bucks, But they're already starting potential scripts for season three. Uh, I wanted to ask, did you notice any Easter She's eggs? She's going to be so old
0: for season three. Yeah,
1: I know. It's, it's going to be like Stranger Things uh, is what I kind of thought about. Like season two, you can kind of get away with it. But by season three, it's just kind of ridiculous. Um, but did you notice any Easter eggs? Because Joel Collins is the designer and executive producer for this. He said that he hid a ton in like this city, Sida gaze, which is the uh, city of magpies, as you've been uh, bringing up, uh, just through like Certain things like the brickwork signs or even clothing patterns.
0: It just reminded me of Europe, just those like Spain type of sculptures where sometimes you'll find a castle, maybe in Puerto Rico, where you can walk around it, and uh, it just looked like like a lot of fun to be at. And I think that the rest of the cast should be jealous because the other cast members had scenes on boats, old rickety boats, <laughs> and also Lin Manuel uh, Miranda's scene with a bunch of witches just standing on a platform, sort of, and in like terrible weather. They looked like they were having the time of their lives, like literally out dining and like learning about what the city had in it. It looked like a fun adventure.
1: They, but, seems to have the, they, they seem to have the weirdest type of scene. Like I know Lin-Manuel Miranda was in a hot air balloon. And it just seems like they have well, all no, these Well, no, the aeronauts are
0: like a whole army. There's like a bunch of people who know how to fly because they don't have technology the way we have technology in our world. But they do have a lot of modern stuff that we have. Like they're able to fly around with the technology that they do have like one person cannot make their own air balloon in real life but he's able to just drag his around i don't know how it works but <laughs> there's got to be some things where
1: like it can fold down or what do you mean by drag around yeah he
0: like, folds down and he like drags it around in half the first season
1: that, that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> and, um i have so a who's and a lie game here i just want to see if you can guess which
0: one of the lie is. you all have a game Five. okay yeah, yeah.
1: One is that Pullman is not a fantasy reader. He finds it not satisfying. The writer
0: doesn't read fantasy?
1: Yeah, he finds it not That's satisfying. That's hard to believe. because well, he like, reads it, he just doesn't of... like it. Oh, okay. And he calls his dark materials more stark realism. Two is that the film, um, The Golden Compass, won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. Three is that one of the show stars was infected with COVID, Ariane Bacare, as Lord Carlo Borrell. I think he was in season uh, one. Four is Lorne Balfay is a composer for His Dark Materials, and the films he has composed for has only been for one, uh, the Lego Batman movie. And five is the show hasn't been nominated for any Emmy Awards. One of them is a lie. Um,
0: okay, let's see. So the second one was what again? Uh, the film won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. The, the film did... I'm going to say that that's true. What's the fourth one?
1: The fourth one is Lauren Balfe is a composer for His Dark Materials. And the film he has composed Okay, what was the
0: COVID-19 one?
1: Uh, that was because one of the stars, Ariane Baccarat, is Lord Carlo Borio. I'll say it's that one. I'll say that's the lie. Okay, well, that uh, that's actually the truth. Um, the lie well, was Well,
0: there's not one truth. I didn't get, like, it all wrong. Well, was... Lauren Balfe
1: <laughs> is a composer for his Dark Materials, but he has yeah, composed he much more than just one, um, movie. Oh, uh, he's so that's, composed... like, a trick question. Yeah, Because composed...
0: I saw his name pop up, and I knew that he was the composer. He,
1: Yeah, he has an insane, like, career. Like, he's done Rango, Rush, he earned a Grammy for The Dark Knight, uh, Iron Man, He was also yeah. I
0: call shenanigans because like that was an unfair question. Anyways, give me another one. Well, that that was it. I'm gonna ask for next time that you have like two more set up or that you limit it to like three answers because that's really tough. (laughs) uh, (laughs) No one would have gotten that. So I yeah I don't feel bad. It has a 7.9
1: on IMDb. Uh, This episode in particular, last time I checked, had around 350 reviews. It had like an 8.1. Um, Like I said, though, it has a huge fan base, and Rotten Tomatoes has it overall at an 83%. Uh, season one has an 80 season two is even higher with an 87 percent uh some pros for this season the acting the visual effects uh there are some good revelations that how, are made how throughout. do they have
0: already reviews have the people seen the entire season yeah, press
1: the press has been given the first five episodes oh five of ten episodes or five what? of seven episodes oh why would they give them so many <laughs> <laughs> they don't need that many uh the, okay the digital t- trends right that the season is a welcome change and that it takes a big step forward and deserves to be recognized as one of hbo's most beautiful and enthralling new shows it
0: is beautiful the three worlds having them all actually have a storyline except the earth didn't have too much of a storyline today having that second world one we just saw in the sky for so long actually play a part I think does add to the show a lot.
1: You say that there's like three worlds. It's like, is it like the expanse
0: in that way? Like you no, get to see the what? expanse has a billion worlds and this may have different universes that we haven't seen yet, but it's right now focused on those three at the the beginning title sequence does show like an upside down world for like, I don't know, six or seven different universes. Um, so maybe there are more but it's not been a factor yet yeah
1: Forbes wrote that the first episode of the season feels very introductory because it is with a lot of detail put in place for things to come
0: yes and some of that also fell into this episode when we learned about how the witches got their abilities when we were talking about the new world when we were um, finding out where Lynn was going like he literally said the name of Stannis or something like that he was like I know there's this guy named Stannis that can help me find um, uh, Lyra. And we don't know who Stannis is mm-hmm. yet. So, And then I don't know where the polar bear went. I don't think the polar bear died.
1: Does the show have a lot of those, like, oh, we'll mention something and then we'll talk about it a lot later, like, foreshadowing?
0: Yeah, it does do foreshadowing. The other thing I wanted to mention was the actual uh, demons. Mm-hmm. The, her demon's name is Pan. And Pan has a lot of funny moments in this episode, too. Like, at one point, he's a crow, and he says, like, some funny one-liners. Is he, like, a wise... So he's a wisecracking? No, demon. not really. He's he's part of her. He has as much of a role as she does. He just talks a little bit less than she does. But at one point, he turns into a red panda, which is a very tiny-looking, like, sort of panda fox thing. And it was hey, just wait, like... Wait, so he, he is a red panda? <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, before demons... Before Lyra reaches the age of, like, 13... The demons can turn into any animal. No, I, so, But you're saying that he was a panda that was red? Yeah, but it doesn't look like an actual panda, just red. It looks like a fox with sort of a panda-ish face. And I just happen to know it because of an interview that was part of our last... Episode that we did where Anna Kendrick was talking about red pandas to like Seth Meyers or something, and she like started going off about how cute they were, and I was like, what does that even look like? And so when they turned it into this episode, and I saw that for like a brief second, I felt like it was like a call to someone else, like so, so they, there must be a big red panda audience out there. The show was shot in Cardiff, Wales. Is it like Game of Thrones, where there's a bunch of scenes being shot at the same time in different parts of the world?
1: Oh, I know that it is like Game of Thrones, and the fact that they had like the city got was just a huge set man. yeah it so, looks amazing
0: it eh. looks like do you remember second season game of thrones when they had Arya stuck in the the place where she met the faceless dude the velahar yeah, guy Valahar, and he, she got close to the um lannister bloke mm-hmm. um yeah it, that one was like well-developed set and they talked about it in the behind the scenes. Wasn't made from scratch because this one I, was I also. I believe so, yeah. I think they spent a ton of time on it, but it was way drearier. This looks more like Daenerys' when she would like invade a giant castle stand place but almost more detailed.
1: And I think that's how it's like in the book. I know that Phil Pullman serves as an executive producer for this show. Mm-hmm. And Bad Wolf, I've said it before, really wants to make this as close to the source material as they can.
0: Yeah, it's also more modern than any of the stuff in Game of Thrones because they had cafes and literally like orange sodas that the girls brought out to them. And they were making omelets and had showers. And I-, I, I said ask- that already. But the-, the funny thing, I remembered another joke that the guy said to Ar- um Arya, no, Lyra, um, whoa. They're really close in names. Yep. Huh. So um Will says to uh, Lyra, he's mentioning like at the speed of something. And he says miles per hour in a passing way. And she like responds like, what are miles? And then so <laughs> but then there were also things that felt forced, like something that Daphne Keene, I think, does great. And she did it great in Logan was she's able to almost display adult emotions within a child like Uh, yeah i I know like when she would
1: scream in logan it got you mad at the person she was screaming at rather than her (laughs) yeah it didn't feel like a
0: kid acting it but in this she's supposed to play more innocent than that logan character and so in the first season it was almost like she wasn't as cool as she was in logan because she was more of a kid yeah now she's sort of a more adult character a more mature version of that kid that she was last season but there were still lines that they gave her that were supposed to be like kiddish the only one that i think that really worked was when she was like do i need a shower and then because she was finding out what it meant mm-hmm. and then and then her uh, demon was like you should be able to answer that one and then she like smells herself and then she's like Nah, I'm good. (laughs) It was pretty fun.
1: I think that due to the lack of one episode, uh, they're going to make episode seven kind of longer. And I think that James McAvoy is just going to come in in like season three. Um, and they're going to probably give, I think, oh, I, think that do, well, I think they might do, well, I think they might do with the Dan Titans where it's like, they gave, you know, how they took the finale and they made that the first episode of season two. I think that's probably what they're going to do with James McAvoy's episode. They're going to make that probably the first episode of season three.
0: So it's going to be pretty interesting not having Lord Asriel as part of the series since they keep bringing him up like a lot. And, uh, I am curious about what happened to Roger, whether or not he's going to be able to get his demon back. Um, It seemed pretty conclusive in the first season, but he was such kind of a character that would come in and out, but still be a main character that it would be weird if they just got rid of him completely.
1: I know that we talked a little bit about what Dust is, but I'm still a little confused because it says here... Dust is sin. (laughs) No,
0: well, it's been a question the whole time, and that's what she's trying to figure out. It's basically magic, but it also gives them a realm in which to transfer universes, and it might give them their powers is this a trippy show no there's not really abstraction here it's clear-cut it tells you what it wants you to know the way it tells you can sometimes be a little too on the nose Mm -hmm.
1: i know that i just asked because i know dust must be important because again it's called the trilogy of dust um also this has like aside from james mcavoy and lin Manuel miranda i know that this has a lot of like just people in the shows that have like well, I meant like that. It also has started, a lot of animals. in their own shows. Yeah. yeah, and I know that there's um like a lot of voice actors for animals as well, which makes me kind of want to watch the show. Every I every person
0: in Lyra's world, even the witches, have demons. But then you said there's also going to be angels this year, which is going to be interesting. I wonder if they're also going to be animals of sorts, or if they're going to be actual angels. Does
1: uh, so aside from them all having like animal or demons. Um does every character have their own type of niche or is there any character that like when you like, see Like do her... they have
0: a Give me an example.
1: I know that Serafina Piccola um she's a witch in the show is a member of a coven.
0: Yeah. We may have seen her in this episode. There was a really cool witch scene where she came in there and sort of saved the lady who was being tortured by murdering her and then just blasted through the entire ship, just stabbing everyone. And again, I don't understand how the witches aren't able to win this war in a snap of your fingers. Like, it doesn't seem they have like they have much that can hold them down. So are there witches on... Sides right, like bad and good. No, there's witches on one side, and those witches are deciding whether or not they want to fight this war because so, again, witches are, I think, they live for much longer than human beings do, so they don't know if they want to get involved. Yes,
1: yeah, in well, the reason I ask is because you're saying they're OP, and if they're only on one side, it feels like again, like you're saying, they could just snap their fingers and basically win the
0: war, and that would be it. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah, yeah that's it's,
0: definitely a flaw that I see, but then also, we don't know if the witches how much control they have of the other realms. Because we don't really see them in the other worlds, mm-hmm. I am really curious about this dust world though, and I hope that we get more answers to it. Like, what's going on with these specters, and w- where are all the adults? Because they can't—they can't all be zombies.
1: From my understanding, there's going to be a lot of cliffhangers, not just with the season finale, but just throughout the show. That, like, again, I think the um, James McAvoy episode was supposed to answer. But if you had to rate this episode on one to ten, what would you give it?
0: Um, damn, that's—that's that's a tough one. Again, certain scenes were more boring and certain scenes were great. That witch scene was pretty awesome. The Most of the scenes with Lyra and Will were great. Will's character, 50 times better than it was last season. Last season, <laughs> he was basically babysitting his mother. And that was just a, like so treacherous to sit through because his mom wasn't making things up. But at the same time, she was too crazy to really explain herself. And as an audience member... A little of that goes a long way yeah um but will's character is actually a lot more personable than i than i thought he would be like i thought he would annoy me and he's actually pretty cool so i would give it probably an eight okay yeah again that's where the imdb uh episode score is so yeah and
1: where the show is basically so
0: and then the next episode in the uk comes out pretty soon i know the first episode comes out in the u.s we'll be dropping this 16th yeah yeah all right Uh, I think that'll be it for today's episode and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.